Welcome to the Whole House Podcast, where you can find home, health, and family all in one place. Our team is comprised of moms from different upbringings and backgrounds. We each have different giftings and passions representing individual rooms, and together we are the Whole House. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the Whole House Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption, part of my room in the Whole House. Today, I would like to talk about what do we do when nothing is working with our kiddos? Because sometimes we're trying, we learn the science, we're doing all the right things, and we're applying things as if it's a formula, like if I do A, B, and C, it works, and sometimes it does. And then sometimes we can just go through a season where nothing seems to be working at all. I know because I get emails and calls and messages from adoptive and foster parents who say, you know, basically you told me to do this and it's just not working. And I understand because I've been there. I've been in seasons of my life with my kiddos where just like nothing seemed to be working. They still couldn't regulate. They still couldn't connect. They still didn't want to eat food if they were having food issues. They still didn't want to go to class or Sunday school. It just, and it can be extremely, extremely overwhelming and exhausting. And the first thing I want to tell you is we have to remember we are not the only person in the equation. So there's, there's a certain bit of knowing what to do and doing the right thing and knowing the science and doing the connection things, you know, playing the games. There's a certain part of it that really depends on the child or the teen. What I, what I see predominantly is the teens who just, they already have some sort of neural pathway in their brain that just won't connect. And it's hard because we love these kiddos and we want to connect with them and we want them to make progress and feel like they're part of the family and we want them to receive and give love and we want them to be successful in relationships when they get out in the world. But the truth is so much of it depends on them and it depends on how much trauma they've had in their life and how much progress that they can make because of that trauma. And it may not be until they're older, much older, that they begin to make progress because we have to remember family age. And I'm trying to, I'll look up what book that um, I learned that in. It was years and years ago. But family age is, you know, when a child comes home through adoption, they are zero that first day. So if you adopt a child when they're 13 and they're 15, their family age is still only two. They've only had two years of being part of the family. So if you adopt a teen when they're 15, when they're 18, they're still only three years old in family age. And it may not be until they're 30 and they're coming home for holidays and interacting with their siblings, that they're really starting to connect. So don't give up. So I have three points, and I pulled this from an article from The Whole House that I wrote um, a couple years ago, actually. 
to look at life with fresh eyes. So this is one of the things we have to do when things, when nothing seems to be working at all. We need to look at life with fresh eyes. And um, yeah, I'm turning pages here. I have notes. First of all, this is extremely important. Tell your story to an empathetic listener. Don't just hold everything in. Find somebody that you know if you don't know anyone, reach out to me that you can talk to and say, hey, this is going on with this child. I'm really exhausted and depressed and anxious and frustrated. We're trying so hard to help this child. You know, when you if you go to a therapist or a counselor, you will find that you do most of the talking. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason that counselors use that and say, you know, tell me what's happening. Tell me what's going on. What do you think is triggering that? That's because it helps us to process things when we tell our story. And it helps also, I would encourage you to write it down. Write down your feelings. Write down how you're feeling towards this child, no matter what you're feeling, because the truth is, we like to Christianize ourselves and say, you know what, I, I can't write that down or say that because it's ungodly and it's unholy. Well, the truth is it's already there. If you are developing a root of bitterness for a child and you don't want to admit it, and um, I've been there before, then that root of bitterness is only going to take a deeper hold. So write it down, write it all down, write all your feelings down. And guess what? You don't have to keep it. Once you write it down and you begin to process it and you begin to look at that with fresh eyes and you begin to realize, well, oh, I'm really, really upset with this child because he's not connecting with me or because he's not making progress in school or any other area of his life, but I need to step back. And look at this with fresh eyes and say, you know what? This is something that I'm struggling with, with my feelings. And this is something that kiddo really has to be struggling with even more than than I am. And if you've written down some angry, bitter words, guess what? You can just rip them up and throw them away. But they're out and you can say, God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Sometimes we get so clinical with these kiddos. It's like they're going to therapy, they're, you know, they're going to speech therapy, occupational therapy, and they're doing all these things, and it's all clinical. But you know what? There's such a huge spiritual part of this, and we have to acknowledge that, and we have to admit this. So I would say, if you write it down, or if you talk to someone, I recommend that you do both of those then pray, pray, ask God to reveal in you how you can handle things differently, even if you don't see the fruit of your labor. We live in such an instant society. We're expecting, raising my hand here, instant results, instant results, especially if you go to your adoption support group and you all do this kind of nurturing exercise and you're like, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to do this and you do it with your kiddo and they don't want to do it or they're just um, frustrated the whole time. Like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. 
And then you end up saying something out loud like, this is supposed to be nurturing. Be nurtured. It doesn't work that way. Honestly, God has used so many things in my life that I never thought he would use. All those years where I was praying and doing the right things and trying to connect with my kids and waiting to see the results. And some of my kiddos, I had to wait years and years and years. And now that they're all adulting-ish, I see so much fruit that if I would have given up, I would have never seen that fruit. If I would have given up and thought, you know what, nothing's working, I quit. I never would have seen the fruit. Now, I'm going to move on because I don't want to run out of time. So, oh, number two, don't isolate yourself. When everything is going wrong and you don't feel like you're making any progress, and if you're just judging yourself and you feel ashamed and guilty because you think it's all your fault, like I said earlier, remember, there's another person in the equation who's had trauma. Don't isolate yourself. It's so tempting Because I've been there, done that, and isolating yourself is just, you're sitting there with your own issues and your own problems and stewing in it and making it worse. You know, I think about Elijah after he had that huge victory over the prophets of Baal, and then he runs away and he's depressed and he's just like, I want to die. I'm done. Often we do that. And what was God's answer to him? He's like, rest and eat. Rest and eat, and you'll feel better. Sometimes all we need to do is maybe go out to coffee with a friend, a trusted friend. Don't just tell anybody your issues. Or maybe you need to go out to eat with a friend and just laugh and talk about something else. You know, even if you need to talk about that a little, but don't isolate yourself. It's so tempting to do that, but it's so, it's not helpful, okay? And the last point is the same thing I've been talking about the whole time, is look at life through fresh eyes. And I know it's really a popular thing to make all of these lists of things that are blessings, things you're grateful for, and we've heard it so many times, sometimes we just ignore it. But honestly, that practice is so helpful. It rewires your brain to be grateful because then you're beginning to think about something else and you're forming new neural pathways of gratefulness. You know, Dr. Caroline Leaf has some amazing, amazing books on the brain and how we can rewire it and how whenever we think negatively that we're growing what looks like a little tree in our brain with our negative thoughts and that little tree will release toxic substances into our body every time we think negatively. Isn't that amazing? But the opposite, when we think of our blessings and what we're grateful for, then that will start to form a new tree. At first, it looks like this little bubble. Then it looks like a mushroom. And then it keeps growing. And the more you add to it, it grows into this firm tree which makes me think about Psalm 1, where, you know, if you're, it's like a tree planted by the water. It's going to keep growing and its roots are going to go deep and it's always going to have a source. Well, we are like that. 
We can be like that tree planted by the water. So when you're going through a difficult season with your kiddos and nothing seems to work, get out your journal or your computer, your iPad, your phone, whatever, and just start thinking and listing the things that you're grateful for. There's so many things that we can be grateful for that we take for granted, and it will rewire your brain. I know one of the things that's this is kind of strange, but it's so true and it was so overwhelming to me at the time, and it can still make me cry. When we first brought our kiddos home, we knew um, from Poland, we knew that there were seasons in their life that they didn't have enough to eat. And that just broke my heart. And I would, um, whenever I was making dinner at night, And, you know, feeding seven kiddos and my husband worked a lot and I would just be making the food and weeping because I was so grateful. I was just so overwhelmed. I would just be thanking God. Thank you, Lord, that these kids have food to eat. Thank you, Lord, that their bodies are going to grow and they're going to make progress. It was just so over it. Like I said, I'm still starting to cry now. It was so overwhelming to me. There's so many simple things that we don't think about because we're so busy going to soccer, taking the kids to youth or church or, you know, dirt bike practice, whatever they do. And we just get so overwhelmed, especially if they're in almost pre-meltdown mode all the time. We're like, oh my gosh, I just can't do this. Well, you have to, just me saying that makes me feel frustrated. And I'm not saying that your circumstances are going to immediately change because you're suddenly just, oh Lord, thank you that we have a car to drive and that it's working today. Or thank you that even though I got a flat tire, it got fixed and I got where I needed to go. That doesn't mean that your circumstances are immediately going to change, but your mindset will change and your mindset towards the children will change because one of the most dangerous things is, and I'm going to finish on this statement, is when nothing is working, we can become so frustrated with our children that we are breaking the connection ourselves even if we're doing one, two, and three from the book or from the course or from our adoption support group leader telling us to, we can be breaking the connection. So I'm going to finish up with, I'll just go over the three points really quick. Find someone to tell your story to. Find someone you trust to talk to. Don't isolate yourself and look at life through fresh eyes. So thanks for joining me today on Positive Adoption, and I will see you next week. Bye. We're so glad you could join us on the Whole House Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on our Facebook page and on Instagram at the underscore whole underscore house. You can also follow us on thewholehouse.org by email to receive our newsletter and keep up to date on things happening at the Whole House.